0: The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. Praise the name of the Lord. That first song, you called my name and I ran out of that grave. I was burdened by my sin and shame. But Jesus bore my sin and my shame on the cruel cross of Calvary. And I stand here a free man today. Praise the name of the Lord. Let me just breathe a word of prayer. Gracious God, I thank you today for this wonderful privilege to stand behind this sacred desk that I do not take for granted, O God. This desk where your word of God, your word is proclaimed. I don't take it lightly, Lord. And now I ask you to fill me with your spirit from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet that by the power of your spirit alone, I might bring forth a portion of your unsearchable word in the name of the Lord Jesus I pray Amen the title of the message today is different yet in his likeness different yet in his likeness some of you know or may not that I serve as advisor to the Student Cultural Association along with Dr. Lloyd Gustoso and last year as we ended one of our meetings Brianna Torres the president at that time prayed and as she prayed she spoke those words and the minute she spoke them I heard the voice of the Lord my eyes flew open and I recorded them I know when God is speaking Jesus said my sheep hear my voice and I know them And they follow me. I know the voice of the Lord. I don't care whose mouth it comes out of. And I told her that I would like to see a chapel planned with the Student Cultural Association around this exact theme, but I had no clue that I would be asked to speak in chapel before that could be done. Last night, as I was coming home, I was listening to one of my favorite ministers, Dr. Donald Gray Barnhouse. He was the pastor at Tenth press. He passed it. He went into glory in 1965, but I listened to his messages. And last night, he spoke from Romans 12 and 5, along the same lines as the topic of my message, and that is, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another and so I proceed and my text will be taken today from Acts chapter 17 verses 24 to 26 focusing on 26a If we can have that put up on the screen acts chapter 17 verses 24 to 26 The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Neither is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing that he gives to all life and breath and all things and has made of one blood, all nations of men, for to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Paul was preaching in Athens on Mars Hill in Greece, and I had the opportunity to visit that location in 1974, and I can still remember the chills I felt as I stood where that great man stood. And he declared this unknown God that they worshiped in their ignorance. And he made them to understand that everybody on the face of this earth comes from one man and one woman, Adam and Eve, everybody. That means all of us in this room are related to each other, whether we like it or not. (laughs) Now, we all come from the same blood, not different blood, the same blood. Why and how God did it that way, I could not even begin to tell you. But as I finished, I studied this message some more, I'm always nervous when I preach the Word of God. I learned in 1 Chronicles 1 and 1 that Adam, as his name is used there, means ruddy or red. God was working with dirt, and dirt isn't white. I brought my amens with me. So we don't have here a picture of a white man with blue eyes and long flowing locks. That's not the picture that God paints here. How he formed all of the races out of two people, I do not have a clue. And if you know, please let me, please, please wisen me. Get the information to me. Please do. But God did it out of two people. I don't even like it when I go to a church and see a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus or go to another church and see a black Jesus with an afro. Jesus was Jewish. (laughs) And to rob him of his identity is to do damage the Word of God. You do damage to the Word of God when you rob Him of who God chose Him to be. God made that decision. He didn't choose for Him to be born in Germany. He didn't choose for Him to be born in Africa. He chose Jerusalem. He chose Israel. That's God's choice, not yours and not mine. And I'm not mad with nobody, and I hope you're not mad with me. Amen. Now, fast forward just a little bit over a thousand years to Genesis 11, where we see the people were now united in their rebellion against God. God gave instruction to Adam and Eve to populate. The whole earth, not just around the Garden of Eden. He said populate it all. They decided they were going to hunker down and build a monument to themselves, a monument that would reach heaven, and God, the Word of God says, and God came down. He said because he saw that the people were one and that nothing that they set out to do, would be withheld from them. The church didn't get that memo, by the way. When, over a period of time, God, right then, God separated the nations by their language. And over a period of time, One race began to feel that they were superior to the other. And practically every race has had that opportunity on the planet to feel that way about themselves. But they forget that God made us all out of one blood. Racism begins to creep in when one nation thinks that they're superior to another. And this only comes from sin in the heart of man. A classic example of racism in the scriptures is in the book of Jonah. It's in your Bible too. (laughs) Jonah believed that his Jewish people were superior to everybody on the face of the earth. So when God told him to go to Nineveh, he refused. Well, God knows how to get you where he wants you to be, and he gets you there on time. You can refuse all you want. You can either take the short way or the long way. Jonah chose the long way, but he still got there. And he went in, and he preached a short message. Repent! Repent! And the whole city, Believe the Word of God, and repented. Another example of racism is how the Jews felt about the Samaritans. But Jesus didn't feel that way because he went to Samaria and a revival broke out. I've come to see that racism does not just exist between Jew and Gentile. It exists in our nation, and it also exists in the church. Now, you can be quiet if you want to, but I know it's the truth, and so do you. I came face-to-face with racism at Penn State in a very strange way. I was in a mall, and I came across some people standing, and uh, the sign said, do you want to know more about Jesus? Well, I was raised in the church. I couldn't say no, so I said yes. I I didn't know they were Mormons. (laughs) They came to my room. I had a single room then, and they had the audacity to come into my room where I was paying the tuition and told me, that a black man could not be in leadership in their church. I said, why? Because Noah cursed Ham. Oh? Well, you you see that door there? Let me hold it open for you because you're leaving now. (laughs) Now, at that time, I didn't know my Bible like I know it now. And my Bible says, as does yours, that God cursed Canaan, he did not curse Ham. Ham is the father of the African nations. His son Canaan became the father of the Canaanite nations who were displaced by Israel. By Israel, God gave them the land and drove the Canaanites out. By the way, That's in your Bible too. (laughs) Satan brings division into the church in any way he can. He is not concerned how it takes place. As long as a job gets done, as long as you feel that you can't love me as you should, and I feel that I can't love you as I should, then there's a problem in the church, and the power of God cannot, will not flow properly in the church. It won't happen. God works in unity. God works in oneness. The Father, the Son, the Spirit, they're one. And if the Holy Spirit is in you, And the Holy Spirit is in me. We're one. Regardless to the building we go. Because it's the people who are the church. Not the building. And everybody in the building. Beginning at the pulpit. Back to the door hasn't been born again. It's the same in your church too. When God comes in. When the Holy Spirit comes in, he brings about a change. I got another dose of this at Biblical Seminary. In my doctoral class, we got into a discussion about something just as students, the teacher wasn't teaching, and I was speaking on whatever subject it was, and one of my Korean classmates looked at me and said these words. He said, I have never heard a black man expound on the gospel the way you just did, as if to say that I couldn't do it. Now, mind you, we're both in the same class, and we had to have the same credentials to get there. I wasn't let in. Just to be let in, no, I had the credentials to be there. Fortunately, I was in the spirit that day, and I didn't respond in the flesh. God is the one who separated the nation. Along with the separation of those nations comes different cultures, different ways of doing things. Neither one is right, neither one is wrong. This is the only thing that's right. The Word of God is what's right, and as long as we do whatever we do according to the Word of God, then we are right as well. This is the pitchfork. And if all of us are tuned to this same pitchfork, we're going to walk in step with each other. Is Dan Cardone in here anywhere? You in here, Dan? He he made a request of me. I was getting ready to fulfill it. (laughs) I teach every class this one thing because I want them to know it and to understand it. In, this is the question I ask, in an eight mile radius around this school, how many churches are there? And I get all kinds of answers. And there's only one right answer, one church. One church. (laughs) Jesus Christ did not die for a white church. He did not die for a black church. He did not die for an Asian church. He did not die for a Latino church. He died for one church and everybody who's been born again by grace in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross plus nothing is part of that church. By grace alone through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's the bottom line. What time you choose to hold your service, where you choose to hold it. If you want to hold it on Saturday, I don't care. All I care about is have you been born again? And we can have fellowship. I can't fellowship with you if you're in darkness. That means you're in sin. But if you've been born again, we can walk step by step together. Yep, I'm just loud. I'm not mad with nobody, but I, <laughs> I, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> In African-American churches, we have this call and response where the, the preacher preaches and the people respond and it's a back and forth. Well, guess what? I don't depend on that because I bring my amens with me. Because sometimes you might not choose to back up the word, but I keep mine in my pocket. I can say amen by myself. And I've seen since I've been here that some of our students think all the worship is supposed to be over yonder at a basketball game. Or they, they make noise over there and skip across the basketball court and holler and Yeah, all the back of all this action, but come here. Mm Mm-hmm. Listen, if I, if any of my students have done that, if I had their phone number, I would send them a text message. Close your phone. Get off of the computer and listen to the Word of God. We can allow our worship styles to be a dividing factor among us. Listen, as long as we worship according to this Bible, None of us ought to have nothing to say to nobody about it at any time. We need to help them worship instead of complaining about what they're doing. In the Scriptures... At one point, Jacob leaned on his staff and bowed his head and worshiped in silence before the Lord. In in, in, uh, 2 Samuel, when the ark was coming back into Jerusalem, when they found out how they were supposed to carry it right, David danced so he danced right out of his kingly robes. He was putting down a mean dance. When Simeon held the baby Jesus in his arms in Luke, he praised God for being able to see the Messiah. In Acts chapter three, when the man who couldn't walk, I said he couldn't walk. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk, and he began to run and leap. Why, the man couldn't walk before. And God had done something great in him, and he wanted to praise God. They tell me in this book, he went into the temple and he wasn't quiet about it either, what God had done for him. So what's my point? What am I driving at? Let me get some water. <laughs> the point is this. There should not be any division in the body of Christ about anything, nothing, nothing at all. If you're born again and I'm born again, we are duty-bound by the love of God to keep it right between each other because if we don't have it right between each other, we don't have it right with Him. I have a friend here today. This gentleman here, would you stand out? Now, he didn't know I was going to do this. (laughs) We met over 35 years ago at the Naval Air Propulsion Center. He was a new believer, and I mentored him in the Word of God. But guess what? He understood something as a new believer that I didn't understand as an older believer. He understood the security of the believer. And when I got that in my head, it's been up and on ever since. The two of us have not broken fellowship in over 35 years. I don't believe there's a man on the globe who knows me better than that one right there. We keep each other accountable in the Word of God. We've talked about everything. We are transparent with each other, now he is from a different political party, (laughs) but I don't hold that against him. He'll find out when we get to heaven that I was right. (laughs) But we have never walked away from each other with broken fellowship. Haven't done it. I'm trying to tell you that God wants that same thing in his church. In John chapter 17, verse 11 and 22, 11, 21, 22, and 23, may not be able to get it all up there, but I want to point out to you here, Jesus said here, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me. Why? that they may be one. Jesus did not say, Father, make them one. He said that they may be one, which means there's something, there's some effort that you and I have to put to it. We're the ones that allow division to come between us. And Jesus is telling us he wants us to be one. Paul picked it up in Ephesians 4 and 3, where he said that we are to endeavor. Endeavor. That means we've got to strive towards it. We've got to have our mindset that we're not going to allow anything to separate us From our brother and our sister. Because when we allow separation among us, Satan comes in and has a field day in the church. And the church cannot stand up against the world because the church has lost its power. We're called to a high standard. Remember this when you leave here today. We all come from the same two people. And it is God's will that we not allow ourselves to be divided about anything. I firmly believe that God has great plans for this institution, but without oneness of mind, centered around the person of Christ, we will never reach the potential That God has for us. Let us each examine ourselves before the Lord and see if there's any shred of division in our hearts against our brother or our sister about anything. And then let us obey the most disobeyed command in all of the scripture Matthew chapter 18, where he tells us to go to each other and get it straight. And never forget, we are different, yet in his likeness. Let's pray. Gracious God, our Father, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, And in your Holy Spirit, do we all come together before you once again. Lord, by the power of your Spirit, I have brought your word to the ears of those in this chapel. I must depend on the Holy Spirit to take your word on the long journey from the ears to the heart. And we will know when it has reached our hearts because we will change and be in accord with your word. I pray this prayer today, O God, in faith believing. You said your word will not return unto you void but it will accomplish that which you sent it to do. And I pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.